All right, before I get to my next guest, Andy Lano, I want to give a shout out to our friends at the Ben Hogan Company. When Ben Hogan founded his company in 1953, his mission was to make the finest golf equipment in the world, and that remains their mission today. They forge every club they make to provide the feel and feedback investment clubs simply can't provide. And their craftsmen micromanufacture each club to your exacting specifications in their Fort Worth, Texas factory. You'll only find Ben Hogan Golf Equipment online at BenHoganGolf.com. Visit them there and learn about their great products and their great prices. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now back with me is Andy Lano. Andy was a caddy for 25 years on the PGA and LPGA Tours. He's caddy for Kenny Perry. For about a decade, he's also caddied for Tom Watson, Peter Jacobson, Nick Faldo, Chez Rivy, Michelle Wee, our good friends Dave Stockton and Richard Zirkel. He played his high school golf at Deering High in Portland, Maine, his college golf at Western Kentucky University. He's caddied in uh, over 40 majors. He was a part of the 2004 U.S. Ryder Cup team. He was on the bag for Michelle Wee in 2006 at the 84 Lumber Classic when she played out on the PGA Tour. And he was inducted into the Maine Golf Hall of Fame back in 2010, retired it back in 2016. He's got his own company called uh, Golf Mastery, which helps you master the game from a strategic management point of view. Follow it online at golfmastery.net. And I'm very excited he's back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Andy, how are you, my friend? Hey, Chris, how you doing, my friend? Uh, doing good, doing good. Just uh, waiting for um, summer to arrive out here in the in the great northwest. Uh, it's a little bit tardy at the moment. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, I tell you, Andy, I mean, everything about this year, right? Everything about 2020 sucks. And one of the biggest things is, you know, you talk about summer. When we think about summer, we think baseball. You and I, big Red Sox fans. So uh, before we get into all the golf, I got to get your thoughts on the Red Sox. No, no Chris Sale, no David Price, no Porcello, no Mookie Betts. And now we get a 60-game season with no fans. What do you think? Uh, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean that that right there, Chris. I mean to to think about it, it kind of blows my mind. It, you know, to think that you know two years ago I went to the World Series, you know, four and five, and watched them beat the Dodgers, and then and then to see all this thing come full circle to where it is now. I mean, it's almost like I think I've, you know, I'm not saying I'm giving up, but it's like I'm going to take a rest from it or whatever i don't know i mean it's like i saw it at the great at what i thought was you know at the greatest time and now to see this i mean i know life goes on or whatever and you know, we have bumps in the road and it, it'll be interesting to see just you know how the red sox coaching and they still got a lot of great players on the team even despite you know the ones you mentioned so it'll be interesting to see how they do without mookie and these guys because it basically they're 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 gonna have been drawing a whole new face of the team so i mean 60 games that's a crapshoot anything can happen so who knows you're gonna watch is you know with the fact that there's no fans and kind of some of the excitement that goes along that the fans bring to the game are you still gonna watch yeah, I mean, I, I probably it's just in my heart, been in my heart since I was a kid, you know, playing the game, my dad, you know, playing, you know, being drafted and all that kind of thing. I mean, it's 
it's always going to be probably a part of me. I, I don't know if I'll be honest with you. I'm as excited as I usually am, just like you talked about. Um, but, and, you know, the big thing out here is, is, you know, I get this, you know, the Mariners jammed down my throat. So, I mean, if I can get a Red Sox game, <laughs> and generally they're on ESPN. So at least I got ESPN. So I can still catch a few of the games because they usually try to find a way to get the, the Sox on since they got a, you know, Red Sox nation everywhere, as you know. Right. What do you think about the other sports, Andy? I mean, you know, we've seen the PGA Tour players starting to test positive. You know, if we think about baseball, we think about football. Do you think we have a season or do you think we're going to start seeing guys, you know, test? I mean, particularly in the NFL, right? I mean, those guys are sweating all over each other, laying on top of each other, you know, spit everywhere and the whole nine yards. Do you think we can actually get through a season? I mean, it's, it's hard for me, I mean, to see what I've seen so far just with the golf. Like you said, a no contact sport, getting tested several times, trying to live in a bubble, you know, the whole strategy of it all. I mean, my hat's off to the tour. I mean, they've, they've, they've exhausted probably every way they can to try to make it work. And, you know, I think they knew going in that it is, wasn't going to be bulletproof. They were, you know, the numbers are, you're going to have some, you know, people that, that are going to test positive or whatever. But as far as the contact sport, I mean, that's hard for me to believe that they could dodge that bullet. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you need to build up your immune system, right? So staying in the house, that isn't, you know, the real answer either. I mean, you, we need to be out getting germs on us, and building up a system too. I mean, I'm no doctor, but, you know, Mike, <laughs> I mean, the little bit that I did learn in school, you know, that it's still nice, you know, you still want to get out and try to live life and, and do what they're trying to do, and, you know, you know, and, and all the business end of it and the NFL being the most popular, you know, sport that we have. So, I mean, I understand they're going to try to give it a swing, but it's going to be interesting to see just, you know, how, how far it goes and what is their going to, what is their cap going to be, you know, for, for before they may have to pull the plug or keep going and just, I mean, just there's so much of, of this, this pandemic and this COVID thing that nobody knows about and the experts in the world don't know about it. So I don't know how, you know, anybody in the NFL, despite all the information they're getting, I don't think they really know, to be honest with you, Chris. And Andy, you, you mentioned pulling the plug. And as we've seen a handful of players, caddies, test positive on the PGA Tour, if we, if we were to get a little further down the line and, and some, some one of the big players, like a, a Rory or if, a tiger, if Tiger comes out, obviously we know he's going to play in, in the majors. But, you know, one of the big name players was to get sick and test positive. Do you think the tour just keeps on going or do you think they have to circle the wagons and think about pulling the plug? I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's a tough call. I mean, I think it falls, you know, obviously in, in the numbers of it would, I mean, I think I read the other day that, you know, 2000 some odd tests that they've performed within, you know, the caddies players, et cetera. And you've got seven or eight so far that have tested what they say positive And then, it may look like the Cameron champ. I mean, it may look like his might've been a, you know, what do they call it? A false, ne- uh, false negative false or whatever. Positive. A, a false positive. Yeah. So you know, yeah, obviously he wished he was negative because then he could have kept playing. But I mean, with that, I mean, obviously Tiger's a big draw, Kefka, all these guys, you know, that, that had to be a shock. I mean, but really in the scheme of things, if you look at Hartford, yeah, you miss Brooks Kepka playing, but guess what? I mean, it didn't affect the fans because no fans could come. 
So that part of it's kind of odd because, you know, the gate and all the draw and all that kind of thing, the bottom line is everybody's still forced to watch it on TV. So with that, I mean, I, I don't really know the answer to that, Chris. I mean, I've thought about that or whatever. I mean, I, I, I don't know what their number would be, nor do I know what any of the sports would be, but it's got to be, you know, lead to a lot of sleepless nights for these commissioners trying to figure it out. And Andy, if you were out there as a tour caddy right now, would you be nervous? Would you want, would you want to be out there and feel like, yeah, no, no problem. I'll carry the bag for you, Kenny or whoever, you know, might be asking for, you know, for a caddy and, and, and just go along as normal or would you have some reservations? I mean, I mean, I would be aware of it and I would try to be smart to the coaching and everything that they've set up because they've tried to make it as possible, you know, as, as good as possible um, with every, they've taken every measure to keep you safe. So with that, I mean, I, you know, I would honestly focus more on, on my diet and keeping my immune system up. And, you know, cause if you can do that, obviously that makes your chances, you know, a lot less of getting it. But I mean, the, the, the thing, you know, you know, wiping the pins and doing all that kind of thing and wearing masks. I mean, they, they still don't know. I mean, I'll be honest with you. That would be hard to caddy in a mask. I mean, you know, I've tried, tried it around here when we'd had to go out and, you know, and that's without really exerting yourself and getting your heart rate up. I know some masks are better than others from what I've heard, but that, that's got to be challenging. I mean, I've seen, I saw, saw a few of the caddies wearing the mask and seen most of them not wearing because they think that obviously outside that your chances are less. But I mean, if, if I had a regular guy right now, I mean, I'd be right out there battling and right out there next with him and next to them and trying to do everything that the tour is trying to implement. I mean, would there be a little bit of, you know, doubt? I think it wouldn't be normal as a human being if you didn't have a little doubt. And do you want to switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the other things going on around the PGA tour? And, and I'm sure you've seen Bryson DeChambeau, you know, all pumped up now, hammering drives about 400 yards on occasion. You know, it looks like he's going for broke, swinging for the downs on, you know, on every drive. Curious to get your thoughts on that. Is that, is that the way a player is going to have to be, you know, now to, in order to be successful? Or is that just a really good way to tear up your back and have a short career? <laughs> well, Chris, honestly, I mean, since probably the mid, I'm going to say since they busted out these bigger drivers, which would have been in the low, I don't know, early 2000s, and then the golf balls improved. If you start looking at the stats, basically that's what it's, you know, the guys that are doing really well are the guys that have been hitting it as far as they can, whether it's in the rough or not. And then, and then getting it on the green, being closer has been better. So with that, I mean, Bryson, he wasn't too bad, you know, before he started this program. I think they said he was averaging 299 and now he's up to 321 in average. And obviously he's pumping it. He's trying to get his you know, his speed up to 200 and, you know, miles an hour, which is incredible. But I mean, it's interesting to see him do that and then turn around and see Gary Woodland shed 25 pounds. And he, you know, he just won the U S open. So I right. mean, cause why did he do it? Cause obviously you're probably ready. He goes, you, you know, we're going to play a lot of tournaments and I want to be fit and I want to be lighter. And I want to, you know, I want to be in better shape and, and do that kind of thing. So it's kind of funny that he's doing the exact, opposite sort of of what i know bryson's doing adding weight and putting on muscle 
and 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 Woody and Woody's taking it off, but I know he's still working out and still keeping fit. But I mean, if you look, pounding it out there and getting it out there and having a wedge game and putting, that's kind of what it's been for the last 15 years on tour. It's really taken advantage away from the accurate guys and and the guys that are a little shorter. And then when you get on courses, most recently. You go to a Hilton Head, or you go to some—you know—there was some somewhere else they played before the pandemic. Scores weren't that—the the scores weren't that low because it was dog legs, and they brought the rough in and this and that. So a lot of it, to me, is going to be controlled by course setup, and that's going to be determined yeah. by each tournament. It, it appears so. It just depends yeah, on where you go. A- I mean. To your point, Andy, is that the thing that, that has to change? I mean, like, you know, people have talked about, well, you know, we need to roll the ball back. Well, you know, we need to change the equipment. But I, I, I just, I believe that the toothpaste is out of the tube. There's, there's no way it's going back in. Is that what's got to change? Do we got to go to the, the superintendents at these courses and the designers and start to grow up the roof, narrow the fairways, you know, put some hazards? you know, around the 310, 320, you know, mark out there to really make these guys have to think about whether they're willing to take that risk with the bomb, you know, bombing the driver. I, I mean, I think, I think so. And I think some of them have attempted to do that. It seems like you go to a course and they go, well, you know, they, you know, they added this bunker and they tried to, you know, they curved the fairway a certain way, et cetera. But I mean, I think that's all going to be determined by each tournament. So, I mean, I don't think you want it every week. You know, I think you want weeks where they want you to shoot 20 under and then they, you know, they want weeks where they want you to be more crafty and, you know, and, and, and shoot nine under and win. And and that's all going to be dependent on the golf course. So, I mean, that'll, that'll be interesting to see how it goes forward. I'm like you, I don't think they can roll. How can you roll the ball in the club back with all the dollars that's invested in golf? And then you want to sit there and, and turn around and go the other way and, I mean, I think the golf industry in the hard goods is struggle struggling hard enough. I mean, I don't think that would be, you know, the the move that they would make. But you know, we'll see. I mean, that's just my guess. But yeah, I I think it's going to be more about that. I mean, I mean, because if you look at some of these scores at these different venues, trees versus no trees, water, you know, versus you know, not having much water, or the rough only at three inches versus the rough at even at Colonial. Look at Colonial. I was looking at, you know, the first week out, you know, and I was reminiscing about, you know, the uh, 15 years ago when I was fortunate enough to caddy for Kenny there. Kenny shot back then, he shot 261, which was 19 under par. And that was back when the rough was pretty high, it was pretty hot out, you know, that kind of thing or whatever. And the course, honestly, Colonial over the years, there's not much they can do with it. They've tweaked it a little bit, but if you've ever been there in person, the, the lot, the land in the area, that there's not much you can do to lengthen it or do much, you know, they just don't have those kind of options. Now they have on the holes, they have stretched out the holes that they can, but for the most part, Colonial's been rock solid through all of this ball driver, persimmon, bolado, whatever. I mean, you start looking at the scores. I mean, what was it this year? It was less than 19 under. I'm pretty sure it wasn't it like 15, 14. It was 12. I can't remember what the score was, but it wasn't like what people thought it would be. And, you know, and the rough was not even up this year there. So it, it, yeah. it will be interesting to see moving forward when they start hitting, you know, something. It'll be interesting to see, like, they're having back-to-back up there at Mirrorfield, and they said they're going to set the course up differently back-to-back week. So that's interesting to me. I'll be interested to see how they can do that. 
in a back-to-back week. But, yeah, I mean, I think course setup is going to be key and, you know, how much water they put on the course. You know, that, that dictates, you know, whether the scores are high or low and how much rain you get. You know, all the stuff that you've been watching and we've been watching over the years, that all rolls into it too. Andy, just a couple more before I let you go. And one of the things that um, has been interesting to learn over the years about uh, the relationship between Phil Mickelson and Bones is uh, that uh, Phil used to allow, allow Bones one veto a year on, you know, a crazy shot that Phil was, you know, thinking about, you know, attempting. I was curious, is that, is that odd? Do you, do you know, for the guys that you got to, is it caddy for, did they allow you to, you know, hey, man, no, no. Let's not try that. Well, so I can just say, I mean, for me, it was, I never had that option, but my pros were like all in every time we played. They didn't put any limits on anything. So, so I mean, Bones and Phil, that's a unique pair that will go down in history as one of the greatest. So, I mean, that when I heard that story, I mean, or I heard that from Bones, and he mentioned that because I hadn't heard it, and then someone mentioned it, and I went up and asked him, and he goes, "Yeah, he goes, I get one a year." I said, "Man, that that's got to be tough." <laughs> you know, what, what will Phil do next? There's no no lack of excitement with Phil Mickelson in his game. I mean, the guy's short game is unbelievable, and he's not you know he's not scared. He'll 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 try anything from anywhere. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that all his choices are you know that he has made. I mean, I'm sure he'll agree with you that, you know, that he may not have made the best ones here or there, but you know what? Got to, got to love his, you know, the fact that he's confident in himself and doing that, but you know, when he, when he wants to do it and, and, and you think about it, he had, you know, he got a lot of input from bones over the years, you know, and there were many times that bones talked him out of him too. You, you hear about those too. And, you know, resulted in good, in, in good results, but no, I was fortunate enough. My players, when they asked, I gave them, you know, what my opinion was and what I thought might be the, you know, the best option. And that's the way I kind of uh, addressed it. Andy, before I let you go, remind our listeners about your company, Golf Mastery, because it's fantastic, you know, and, and as I think about it on a personal level, I know my son is getting back into into the game a little bit more than uh, than he has in the last several years, kind of got away from it for a while. And, you know, he wants to see how far he can go now. And you help people with the mental game, strategizing around the golf course, course management. Talk about all the things that you do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a unique opportunity, you know, for folks. I mean, basically to, you know, to have a chance to really just interact with, with you know, with me and like, you know, where I've been and what I've seen in 25 years of, of walking along, you know, the best and the greatest golfers in the world and observing, you know, how they, you know, how they prepared for a tournament and how they handled, you know, ups and downs on the golf course. I mean, I saw, I was fortunate enough to see all that stuff live from, from the, you know, from the greatest in a pretty good span of time, you know, with, you know, Nick Faldo and Greg Norman and, and even, even, you know, obviously Tiger and Phil and Rory and, you know, just all these guys, I was fortunate enough to be not just not so much to caddy for them all, but to be able to be paired with them and to be out and see what do they do? When, when they face, you know, you know, when they face the difficulties that they're, they're, they're not wanting to take on or whatever, when, you know, when the adversity hits them, how are they doing it? And to share the, you know, that wisdom, I think it can really help young golfers, you know, really advance. And I think it can take them, 
you know, my, I think my wisdom and knowledge can help take them maybe to the next level or maybe inspire them to get to the next level. I mean, I'm not saying it will, um, because as you know, golf, golf isn't an easy game. And the percentage of folks that, that want to try to be on the PGA Tour is very small and it's hard to do. There's so many great players that, that aren't able to get out there and it's a head scratcher, but it's just that hard. But yeah, I mean, the strategy and the mental approach and you know, and, and tips on green reading and, and how to prepare a course before you play in a tournament. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm open to, to, to be able to talk to people one-on-one and, and be able to, I guess now I may need to get my Zoom skills up because <laughs> now, with, now with this social distancing thing, I mean, you're lucky if you can get within six feet. I mean, honestly, golf has been slow out here just getting going. I mean, a month ago, they, were, they just opened the ranges. And they do finally have the golf courses open, but with limited, I'm sure the same in your area, same kind of rules with the, the cup right. and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. So now it's, I mean, kind of now I have to maybe have to readjust on the run or whatever. It's not, you know, so personal. You know, it's not, I mean, you want to be personal, but you got to kind of, right now you got to kind of roll with what's going on. But I mean, to be able to even caddy, caddy for some, you know, or go out and, and caddy for a young golfer or whatever, I think it'd be a unique thing for them to get some feedback and perspective. And that's what I'm trying to offer. So Andy, let our listeners know how they can follow you, whether it's on social media or it's on your website. So on Twitter, I'm a, I'm at, at a Lano Roman numeral two. And then Instagram is a G L A N O number two. And, um, and then of course it's, it's www.golfmastery.net and um, I'm available and can be contacted anytime at, at any of those places. And, and I just want to give a shout out to um, you, Chris, also for your weekly shout out on Twitter for everybody. I think that's awesome and really appreciate it. And uh, really, love, obviously, I really love Next on the Tee, but for you to take the time to do that and, and to and honestly, the challenges that you have to carry on here with not a lot of live sports. I mean, you've got your other deal you do, and I think it's fantastic. And just want to give props to you and really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate that very much, Andy. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. I hope uh, we get the privilege of having you on again real soon, Andy. Always a privilege to get to spend some time with you, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Chris. And, and, and again, always blessed and thank you. Thank you for always inviting me to, to, to chew the fat a little bit and catch up. So stay, stay safe and well, and we'll talk again soon. You do the same. Thank you, Andy. Take care. All the best to you and your family. You too. That is the great Andy Lano. And again, A Lano II on, on Twitter, AG Lano too on, uh, on Instagram and golfmastery.net is his website. Go check him out. And he's a fantastic guy, and uh, he can do a lot to help you, you know, strategize and get a lot more out of your game. 